If you're wanting a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, or you want to be freshly filled, come up to the altar right now. Lord, I need an overflow. You want to have the filling of the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues? Okay, apparently I heard right. Wow, thank you, Lord. Oh, pray, baby. Listen, the filling of the Holy Ghost is how you win in life. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that you would have an overflow of the Spirit of life in you. You need it all the time. You can ask every day, Lord, I ask you, fill me fresh today. In Ephesians 5.18, it says this. It commands us, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek language there, it actually means be being filled. Filled over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. In other words, we keep it fresh. If y'all need to be down here, you're welcome to as well. But when I lay hands on you, receive the filling of the Holy Ghost. Receive it right there. By faith, just say this with me. Jesus, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And by faith, I receive it now. I have it now. I'm not waiting on it. I'm filled and overflowing this morning. Right now, I have the help I need. In Jesus' name. So that it couldn't let it And just receive it. Start receiving it right now. Receive an overflow. And I want you to see this. He it says the spirit will give you utterance, right? But we speak, it says in Acts 2, the Spirit gave utterance, they spoke. In other words, when you're praying in your prayer language, you step out in faith by speaking the syllables that are in your spirit. So God will, it's like He'll kind of rev up the motor of those words, those heavenly words in your spirit, but you got to speak them out. He's He's not necessarily going to blow them out of you, right? That's what a lot of people think. They think, well, God do it if you... No, that's not. That's unbiblical. He says he gave utterance and they spoke. So they just were in obedience and in faith to the utterance that they were given and so then they spoke it, right? So there's been a whole bunch of teaching and people have believed that God's just going to blow them out but that blow them out of you and sometimes that happens but that is actually unbiblical in that way for it to be every, every time. He gives the utterance and they, by faith, started speaking the syllables. So as the utterance of God starts coming up inside of you, right, and the, and the words, those syllables start coming, you start speaking them right now in Jesus' name. How many people already feel the utterance coming up inside of you? Just raise your hand. Glory to God. Keep speaking it. And when it comes, he says, when you pray by the Spirit, you build yourself up on the most holy faith. Lord, now feel in Jesus' name. Feel and overflow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now just pray with me. 
when I stand in front of you and lay hands on you, just pray with me in the Holy Ghost. Pray with me. Fresh. Keep it fresh. Pray a lot. More, more, more. Pray more, more, more. By the Holy Ghost. You remember when you first came, it was barely flowing. <laughs> but it's different today. <laughs> Glory. Go. Now grab a hold of the joy of the Lord. Just like, just like the Spirit. That joy. There's something in the joy for you. There's something in the joy. Oh, an overflow. <laughs> In Jesus' name, be filled. In Jesus' name, be filled. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yeah, glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be filled, filled and overflowing, filled and overflowing. In the name of Jesus, pray with me. Bodoka, pray with me. Go pray up. Somebody go babaniato. You feel that flow of the Holy Ghost as you pray? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be filled. 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 In, raise your hands. In Jesus' name, be filled. Say, Jesus, fill me. Now pray with me. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, be filled. Say, Jesus, I ask you, fill me, and by faith, I receive it now. In Jesus' name, be filled. 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 In Jesus' name, who should go pray with me? Go banani out on the road, on the road to the baker. Hele korba ramama koroba. Yanda bodi ansorobo. In Jesus' name, be filled. Hodi karaboso. Bumbling karaboso to do. In Jesus' name. Yeah, in Jesus' name, be filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Fresh, 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 fresh. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. If you're a leader, and if you're in the ELT, or you lead a team here, and you haven't been up here yet, find somebody to take your place and get up here. Say, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Remember when you didn't think you'd ever be able to laugh again? <laughs> oh, God had it figured out. <laughs> yeah, remember that? <laughs> now, the, now the Lord laughing at the devil. Look. <laughs> now don't just laugh. I want you to also remember what that joy is going to do. What does it do? It is your strength. It is what will break that yoke off. It is a key for your life. It's not just the one moment. It's the ongoing of the joy of the Lord in Jesus' name. Yeah, glory. One of my most favorite memories in this church, one of my most favorite memories, was when the power of God started hitting you. And it blessed me so much. Because I knew it wasn't always like that. But then all of a sudden, you, you kept yielding and yielding and yielding to the Lord. And all of a sudden, the power of God just started waxing you. Boom. <laughs> oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo, glory. I felt that one. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Raise your hands. Happy New Year to both of you. <laughs> it's going to be a good year in Jesus' name. Do you receive it? Do you receive it? It's going to be a good year. <laughs> you got to receive it more than you receive logic. Right? you got to receive it more than you receive logic. you got to receive it more than the wind and the waves. you got to receive it more than the attack. you got to receive the promise of God for you. For your family, for everything. You got to receive who He is. It's who He is. You think His character has been broken? It's not been broken. He's the same one who saved you. He's the same one who will deliver you. He's the same one who will prosper you, who will break every stronghold. In Jesus' name, be filled. He's the same one. He's the same one. He's not a man that he should lie. You hear that? He is not a man that he should lie. He is not a man that he should lie. In Jesus' name, be filled. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> In Jesus' name, be filled. Don't be filled, be filled in Jesus' name. That's Phil. He come back up here, Phil. Don't be filled, be filled in Jesus' name. 
<laughs> Bill can take care of himself. Be filled. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't know why he had me say that. I have no idea. But he wanted you to get, when I said that, he said, call him back up. <laughs> be filled. Be filled. <laughs> Feel. Be filled. All the time. Be filled. Don't be filled. Be filled. <laughs> oh, that word was for you. I thought it was for them. That was for you. Don't be filled. Be filled. So de canamoso. Be filled. You can be filled too, though. Be filled in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Be filled. Things are about to break. I saw it as I stepped in front of you. I see in the next two to three months, something's going to unlock and there's going to be a breakthrough like you've never experienced before. Now, don't let that word fall to the ground. Keep it in front of you. Put faith on it in Jesus' name. I see a breakthrough. I see an unlocking and, and probably some in business, but it might not just be business. It, there's an unlocking. And I see it opening up. Now just hold your hands out. Thank you, Lord, for your unlocking. In Jesus' name. You've already had some breakthrough, but I'm talking about over and above. In Jesus' name. Hapa operating etiquette. Be filled. In Jesus' name. Glory. Hallelujah. All righty. All right, George. 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 Of the jungle, watch out for that tree. Be filled in Jesus' name. So tadikum bodomo. Justin, come up here, please. Badamo kodabosa bodo dodo antodabosa. Badabo bendo kodabosa bosa bosa bo. Hati kodamosa. You got stuff in your hands that God wants you to do. You need to stay filled. Stay filled. Stay filled. There's a word for you. Habapamri. You got stuff that God wants you to do. You need to stay filled. You need to be praying in the Holy Ghost all the time. Think back to those fasts that you did. Stay filled. God wants you to stay in that place. He's reminding me to tell you of the same thing that he told me. Do business differently. That means that everything flows out of intimate fellowship with him. In him you live and move and have your being. Stay filled. Stay in him. In Jesus' name. Filled in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All the ushers, if you've not received prayer yet, we're going into the, apparently, we're going into this year filled. Amen. I mean, I couldn't even preach, for the Lord says, lay hands on everybody. Ha seve obarek haramos harabodi lekedingo brobobob sabadanidi habrene haraba filled in Jesus name it's a year of your filling it's a year of your filling in Jesus name it's a year of your filling 
filled and overflowing the strength that you're looking for is in this say this with me say Jesus fill me fresh today help me be strong to do what I need to do to walk where I need to walk, to let go of anything I need to let go of, I receive your strength. Now raise your hands by faith and receive in Jesus' name. Be filled in Jesus' name. Sammy. <laughs> Raise your hands. Say, Jesus, I ask you to fill me. I need it. I want your filling of the Holy Ghost and fire. And I ask you to fill me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Filled in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. I think. Okay. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Whoo. Howdy. You know, I told you, I don't know exactly how we transition this. Uh, this is where you have to lean on the Holy Ghost. Like, generally you preach, and then stuff like this happens. But then you step into this time, and the Lord says, no, do this right now. And uh, I was like, man, that, that piano just keeps going. But she, Hey, <laughs> you're not up there. <laughs> I was like, you can stop playing now. And I look back to tell you, you can stop playing and you're not up there. <laughs> get, a, get a shot of up there, yeah. There's no piano player, but the music was going. <laughs> Amen. Um, well, welcome to Boomerang Church 2022. We welcome you. It's going to be a great year. May this be your best year yet. A house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls, and making disciples for Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Turn around and tell your neighbor hello. High five them something. Amen. If you're up here, you can stay up here as long as you need to. And uh, listen to this. Now, I told you, I told you that the year of increase was 2021, but it was just the beginning. And I said that it, that was just to get us like the primer on the pump, right? And the year of increase keeps on. It just keeps on. We just got word, Barrett, that's what Barrett was showing me. We just got word, a partner with the ministry, just on day two of 2022, received a $10,000 unexpected. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. 
He's doing the same thing. You know, the word says rejoice with those who rejoice. So if you would like that kind of stuff to happen in your life, then you should be rejoicing. Glory to God. Because I know the flesh does this. Well, that's really nice for them, you know. No, he's not just doing it for them. He's doing it for us. (laughs) He's doing it for us, amen. It's our year of increase. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's our year of increase. Bunch of drunks everywhere. (laughs) Our year of increase. Can I see that? Does it call the police? I thought I'd been shot by a ray gun. I was like, well, that's a new ringtone. Glory glory to God. So it's our year of increase. Last year, that was just the beginning. That's just the primer. And I, I, I want you to tell... Oh. <laughs> I want to tell you, do what I told you to do. The debt that you want to see supernaturally erased, get it totaled up, and then before the beginning of this year is done, whenever the Lord directs me to, we're, gonna, we're going to spiritually handle that debt. You bring it in, just keep it, get it totaled up, personal, business, whatever it is that you want to see erased, and uh, bring it in, and uh, keep it written down on a piece of paper, or whatever, however you want it, whatever, on a piece of paper, keep it written down, and then when the Lord directs me to, we're going to smack that thing in the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you about that. Uh, the Lord directed uh, Jerry Savelle to do that. He directed Jerry Savelle to do that a couple of years ago in the um, uh, Believers Convention, Southwest Believers Convention, and uh, I happened to be there, and my mom was watching, and y'all might not know this story, but she said, as soon as he told that story, and the Lord gave him what to do, because it said the Lord will smite the, the oppressor, and debt was, is an oppressor, debt is uh, Debt makes people servants and slaves, right? Debt is a bondage. He said, I'm going to smite it. She said, I knew as soon as he said that, I was supposed to put my car debt down. It had been, it had been a bondage. Her husband, my, my mom's husband had passed, and uh, financially she needed some breakthrough. And uh, we were a part of that. Well, she had no idea, but when she received that by faith, just a few months later, uh, one of her friends, several of her friends, and including us, and even the church gave some of it, we felt led, the leadership felt led to, uh, completely wiped out her car debt. Completely wiped it out, paid the car off. And, you know, all of a sudden she had extra hundreds of dollars in her monthly budget. But what God said he would do, he did. And I'm telling you, he's about to do that in here this year. There's going to be debt erased. Last year he said it was the year of increase. And this year, and we saw debt erased. We saw over a million dollars of extra funds in salary and everything else come in. We saw that. 
But I'm telling you, this year, every bit of that debt that we're believing God for, we're going to see it gone. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to see it gone. We're going to see it gone. But you got to put faith on it. you got to uphold it. You can't just be like, well, I hope that works. You know, let's see if it works. No. Lord, I'm trusting you to handle this for me. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, that joy is lingering, lingering on me. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. You got your offering envelope? Whoo. For God so loved. <laughs> God so loved that he gave. You want to be like God? Do you love God? Get your offering ready. This this is really, really important. Our our offering person, I don't know if she's going to make it. No, you can just sit there. Father, we just thank you for giving into our lives. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Oh, Lord, you are so good. (laughs) You are so good. (laughs) Oh, you're so good. (laughs) Even when we don't know what you're doing, you're still being good. We might not can see you. We might not can see everything that's happening, but you're being you. Uh, Say that with me now. You're being you. Especially if you need something, say it with me. Your Lord, Lord, you're being you. you. Good. Good. A provider. A healer. healer. You are being you. you. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) See, that's the issue. It's not that God's not being good. It's that we believe sometimes that he's not. (laughs) We have believed. We don't believe it now. We believe he's always being good. He's being him, laughing at the devil. See, we're, many times we've been sitting there fretting over the devil, and God's laughing at him. We need to get like him. <laughs> we need to be, tell your neighbor, say, be like God. <laughs> Laugh at the devil. Stop <laughs> acting like the devil. Act like God. Yeah. Real complicated message this morning. (laughs) Be like God. For God so loved that he gave. I can see some joy needs to come on some people. You having a hard time pushing in? I'm talking about you. (laughs) Just receive. (laughs) It's super simple. (laughs) It's really easy. We make it so complicated. (laughs) Why do we do that? Why do we make it so hard? I don't want to. There's stuff going on. <laughs> Just be like God. Tell your neighbor, turn around, tell your neighbor, be like God. Be like God. Yeah, amen. Just be like God. Just receive. You know what? You know what's hard about laughing? You know what's hard about laughing? You have to receive joy. You have to receive joy. So that's why the devil fights that. Because he knows you start getting in joy, you start getting in receiving. (laughs) 
And the devil wants to keep you out of receiving. You got holy rollers happening up here. Somebody save those. You got to look, you got to learn how to receive, especially when you don't feel like it. In Isaiah, what does it say? Put on the garment of bitterness when you feel heaviness? No. <laughs> Put on a garment of praise. He gives you the oil of joy, right? He gives you the oil of joy. <laughs> so if you're having a hard time laughing and receiving joy, that's the devil keeping you from receiving. And if you can't receive the joy, how are you going to receive the spiritual breakthrough? Love you. Praying for you. Mean it. <laughs> Hallelujah. For God so loved that he gave. What goes with giving? Receiving. Whoa. Light bulb. <laughs> you got to receive. Now concerning giving and receiving. They go together. It's not one or the other. They go together. I think I'm going to keep on just breaking through this little bit of hardship till everybody in here is in joy. I don't want to call anybody out, but if the person next to you is not receiving, it's a little gooch, you know. Well, a lot of stuff's been going on. I know. I know. That's why I'm trying to get you to break off and break through. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive? Are you ready to give? Y'all like that offering message? Real complicated. <laughs> Stand on your feet. Hold your envelope up. Father, today, say it with me, Father, today, we seek to be like you. <laughs> oh. I tell you what, it was so much easier to live life when I learned how to receive well. When I learned how to receive well, things changed, things got easy. You know, like Jesus said, when you come to him. But when you come to him, you have to put his yoke on. So if he's laughing, you know, imagine this. Come here, Chris. Come here, Chris. Back up so everybody's standing up. Now watch this. Let's, we're yoked together, right? And I'm laughing. <laughs> now, now be, don't be, don't laugh now. <laughs> If he's yoked to me, he doesn't have any choice. He's shaking. He's shaking. See, a lot of us, the Lord's laughing at our enemy. We're like, just stop laughing, Jesus. That's the problem. The Lord's sitting in the heavens laughing at your enemy who's got nothing for him. 
He's got nothing for you if you're attached to him. But the issue is we'll detach ourselves from God because that's out of my comfort zone. And look, you don't know, Pastor, what's been going on. It doesn't matter what's been going on. What matters is who you're attached to. <laughs> and when you learn how to receive that joy, like I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not even trying to laugh. I'm not trying to do that. But I get up here and I just think about the goodness of God and all of a sudden the joy hits me. I just learned how to yield to it quickly. And man, it makes stuff easier. Man, you know why? It's like if you go to the gym and you build strength, right? The weights get easier, right? They almost turn in. Certain things are like nothing to you anymore because you built your strength. Well, joy will do that. And reception will do that. All of a sudden, you'll just you know, knock this thing off and that thing off because you learn how to receive. <laughs> just, just hook up to God. Just hook up. To, tell your neighbor, say, just hook up to God. <laughs> just stay hooked up with him. When he laughs, you laugh. Where he goes left, you go left. When he goes right, you go right. Just stay hooked up to God. <laughs> Just say that. Say this by faith, especially if you're having a hard time. Say, that. <laughs> say this by faith. Jesus, Jesus. The, louder you, the more you need it, the louder you should shout it. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. I, receive. I receive by faith, by faith. Your, joy, your joy, your provision, it's working. You're being you. My protector. My healer. My provider. My restorer. My deliverer. My salvation. You're being you. And I'm going to be like you. A giver and a receiver. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can bring your tithes and offerings for. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Whoo. You may be seated. <laughs> I feel like we've already had church. We have. I still got a word for you. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo. Anybody ready for kickstart? February 7th through the 11th. 7th through the 11th. Guess, guess who's going to be here? Brother Tracy. There you go. Kickstart February 7th through the 11th. All week, Brother Tracy. It's going to be awesome. Amen. I was, Teddy and I were talking a few weeks ago. And uh, both of us had the same leading. <laughs> several, several years ago, you know, we had Kickstart for those that were here. Several years ago, we had Kickstart, 
And the Lord said, I want you to have a week of meetings. He, t- he said, I want you to preach the whole week. You know, have basically a set of revival meetings, and you're the revival preacher. And uh, Dr. Rodney had told me to do it, and I knew the Holy Spirit had confirmed that to me. And then the second, the second year, um, I had leading that Teddy was supposed to be here, and, I was, and he said, you know what, I think we are. And then he was here, what, three years? Three years? And uh, we had that same leading uh, for Brother Tracy this year, and Teddy said, I don't think I'm supposed to be there this year. I said, I actually was picking the same thing up. So that same leading that's been such a supply has got Brother Tracy. I told Brother Tracy about it, and uh, he said, and you got to understand, he's not really doing like week-long meetings right now. That's not. This is out of what his normal is. And he said, but no, I feel the hand of the Lord on this. It's going to be awesome. I said, amen, it's going to be great. Are you excited? Man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And so we, we got to get the word out, uh, tell everybody in his network as well. So uh, we're liable to have a house full. I believe it. Amen. It's going to be good. So set that. So normally we've started on Sunday night. We're going to start this Monday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, so get ready. Get, you know, do what you got to do. Get ready for that. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Amen? Are you looking forward to it? Praise God. It's going to be great. Oh, amen. I believe that he has a word for us in time and for whoever will be here and honor that, those meetings that he has a word. And I'm telling you, he is operating right now on a different level. Um, he is operating on a different level. When I went out and spent time with him a couple weeks ago, um, it was just different. The Lord has prepared a people to go forward, and that's part of what I want to talk to you about uh, today as well. So, come on, man. I won't block you. For the first 10 seconds. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, I'm looking forward. I've known it for several weeks. We had to get all the details worked out, and I've been wanting to tell you all about that for, for several weeks now, and I'm like, doggone it. <laughs> I want to tell everybody, but we had to wait. So praise God. I got some other stuff going on to tell you, probably tell you next week. Very, very exciting. Big news, big news. You're going to like it. And uh, lots of good stuff happening. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think also uh, you may have this. So lead 22 uh, with Pastor J.B., will be February, what, 3rd through the 5th? Uh, is, it, is that right? 3rd through the 5th? So it's Thursday night, Friday, and then Saturday morning. If you want to schedule that, that's going to be awesome. They've asked me to do one of the breakout sessions again. And uh, how can such a little person take up three modesty cloths? <laughs> Holy rolling. <laughs> it's like... That's amazing. It ought to be simple. Amen. 
We'll jump in in a second. We're getting there. That's just helping you. Ha ha, save it, it stay. You know, sometimes the flow of the Holy Ghost doesn't make good TV. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're not trying to make a good TV. We're not trying to make entertainment. We're not trying to just keep your attention by having a fast flow. We're trying to yield ourselves and minister to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to minister to us and to people. Amen? Which is more a priority, trying to entertain people or to get them the Holy Spirit? In order to get them the Holy Spirit, we have to let Him flow, not our flow. Amen? So, sometimes He just changes stuff up. Changes it from the norm, changes it from what we think. Thank you, Father. It any I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow on the broadcast, talk about the new year. And, um, but I felt led to tell you this morning how to produce new year fruit and increase. How to produce new year fruit and increase. And if you are taking notes or you have the ability to, I do want you to write these questions down. Um, <clears throat> number one, why are we here? Why are we here? Two, what is required? One, why are we here? And I want you to answer these questions today. One, why are we here? Two, what is required? Three, and I'll keep going back over these till everybody's got it. What should it look like? It's not a college class with a mean professor that doesn't go back and try to help people. Oh, you should have got it the first time. You should learn how to write faster. Why are we here? What is required? What should it look like? And how do we accomplish this? Why are we here? What is required? What should it look like? And how do we accomplish this? One of the things the Lord was bringing this up to me this week is, what are we doing? I've asked this question before, but what are we doing? Why are, why are we meeting this morning? Is it just so that you can have health and money in your account? Is it just, you know, why are we here? Why, why do we come to church? Why, do, why, do we, why does God say, Brian... Start Boomerang Church 13 years ago, which, by the way, is 13 years. Our birthday is January the 11th, next Tuesday, so a week and two days. Hallelujah. We'll be 13. We're a teenager. <laughs> Glory to God. We think we know what we're doing. I digress. <laughs> why are we here? I've been. I was thinking about this. Why? Why do we come and meet? You know. Why? Are, why do you come to church? 
if it was just to pay your bills or for you to be healthy, you could do that better in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. You could do that better in heaven, right? What's, well, what is it? Are you learning? Are we coming here to learn and to grow? Is that the only thing? Well, I mean, let's go to heaven. Sit at the feet of Jesus or the Apostle Paul or Moses and all these heroes of the Bible. Let's go. They're the ones who wrote it and had inspiration by the Holy Ghost and wisdom enough to leading and wisdom enough to to hear the words that God penned through their spirit. Why not go to heaven and hear them, right? Why are we here? But see, there's a purpose. And even Paul says this. He says, for me to die is gain, but to live is Christ. To live is Christ. So see, when we're here and why are we coming to church, what are we doing? It's to build the kingdom of God. We're the hands and feet of Christ. He he goes to heaven, he exits and ascends into heaven, but he leaves his body. He's still the head, he still speaks to me. It's supposed to. He's supposed to be able to speak to us and for us to hear that direction and, and do this. Why are we here? And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 says it really plainly. Therefore, we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. For Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us, the appeal is we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So, you know, growing in the fruit of the Spirit, we could do that better in heaven. Having prosperity and all of our bills paid, we could do that better in heaven. Being healed, we could do that better in heaven. Having revelation, we could do that better in heaven. It'd be, it, But there's one thing, there's two things in the fruit that go together. Two things that we can't do in heaven is win souls and make disciples. And that's why we're here. Winning souls and make disciples. See, many people come to church because they have problems. Right? How many of us started coming at some point or we came back at some point because we were having problems? You don't have to raise your hand, but I understand. I I could raise... Both my hands, both my feet, right? Because I needed help. Well, that's fine. It's, it's not horrible. But ultimately, our reason for being there needs to change from just needing help to being a help. From just needing help to being a help. God doesn't want to leave any of us, any of us in a low place and a place of lack. He wants to build us up and grow us in Ephesians 4 to the fullness of the stature of Christ so that we can be the perfect ambassador that God's looking for. And what happens if all of us do that? The issue is that when we get so focused on needing help or needing to come out of this or this is all about revelation and growth and I need to hear the next prophetic word and the focus is not souls and making disciples, things get off kilter. Now, in order to make souls, you know, to win souls and make disciples, we have to have revelation. We have to have an abundance for every good work. So those, those things go hand in hand But the purpose for this age is, and say it with me, we are ambassadors. Pure and simple. 
We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors. Many people mess up in their life because they don't recognize that they are an ambassador. See, what happens if the ambassador, you know, if the press is following an ambassador and he goes out to the club and just gets wasted and then there's the press and the paparazzi taking all the pictures and everything, what happens to his influence in that country? I mean, he's going to be removed from office, basically, right? But see, a lot of times we mess up and we don't do the right things. You know why? Because we're not focused on being an ambassador. We're focused on being us. And that's where we miss it. The whole purpose for us to be here is not to be us, but to be an ambassador. And because we don't have ambassador in our thinking, we don't have eternal things in our thinking, all we have is the world that we're living in, our physical self in this physical world. And so we think, well, I'm not really affecting anybody else. But we are. Because how you live affects people. You see, come, come here, buddy. So, you know, one of the things is, let's say that now I'm supposed to be talking about Christ. I'm supposed to be, you know, doing things. And let's say that he and I are walking kind of side by side in life, and I'm not carrying the fire of God. Well, he's got no decision to make. He's got no decision to make. But if I'm carrying the fire of God, it's going to start heating him up. Even if we're not talking about it, it's going to start heating him up. I can remember one time when I was, uh, Nicole and I were dating and I was not, you know, pastor material yet, but I was born again and I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost, although it had been a while, but I was, I was walking better than the world, but not as good as I can be. But I don't know if you remember it, but last year at Easter I had a friend and he brought his whole family. They had adopted kids. They had a van that they brought and came when we were in the parking lot. And he, he actually was the one who said, you know, even though he and I were, were not living properly, I, I was living differently. And although I didn't have my flame of God turned all the way up, there still was one there. And by his own testimony, he said, there was just something different about you. Now, understand, I didn't do that right, but even when I didn't do it right, there was still an effect. Because we are anointed to be the ambassadors of God. What are we doing? Why are we here? Are you coming in just to get help? Fine, get help. We want to help everybody. That's, that's a big part of being an ambassador. But don't just stop at getting help. And don't make getting help the number one reason. Make eternity and being an ambassador, let that be what's driving us to be here. I can't miss because I might miss the one key that unlocks freedom for my, for my neighbor. I can't miss a, a word. One word can change my life, but one word can change my neighbor's life. One word can cause me to know what to say so that when I say it, something spiritual unlocked. One word can cause them to decide, I want to be a disciple of Jesus now. But see, if I'm not carrying that, if all I'm doing is just attending church, checking the box, not really changing. I'm, getting, I'm living okay, you know, I'm paying my bills, I'm getting by. Everything looks better than it used to. But my focus is not to go all the way into an ambassador. I've missed the whole point. 
Because what you just said is, I'm doing okay, but you'd be better in heaven because if you're never going to turn into an ambassador of the kingdom of God, you miss the point for being here. That's the whole point. Thank you. So why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? Why? So should we get help? Yes. Should that be our ultimate goal? No. Should we grow? Yes. Should we increase? Yes. Should that be our ultimate goal? No. We want to take this increase and bring it to others. I think it's Acts chapter 16 where they got thrown in the jail. You remember? Here they are. If it's just all about them, they'll just complain and go to sleep after getting thrown in the deepest dungeon and having a beating. But see, it wasn't all about them. It was about others as well. And even after they took a beating and got thrown in the deepest jail, they started praising God. Because it wasn't just about them. It wasn't just about their physical condition. It was about God. They had eternity in their sight. They had ambassadorship on their minds. And they were being that ambassador. And they turned their eyes towards heaven from the deepest, darkest dungeon and started praising and worshiping. God and the power of God hit the hit the dungeon, hit the prison, and broke all of the captives free and started the church at Philippi. Two prisoners started the church at Philippi, praising God. They weren't they weren't in prison. They weren't in prison because they did things wrong. They were in prison because the people that made the laws and had power, said that they were wrong. And they just said, you know what? We're not making it about us. We are ambassadors. We're ambassadors. So why are we here? Why are we here? What is your job? Where, where, where do you work? You may work and get a paycheck at a company. But that's not your real job, Christian. Your real job is you're an ambassador. Where you get a paycheck is simply a vehicle. It's not your source. It's not who you are. It's just just a vehicle. It's just a place that God has you. Your number one job, believer, Christian, is ambassador. Ambassador. Most people take their identity and their job and their family and what side of the tracks they were raised on. They take their identity and all these worldly things, but God has an identity inside of himself as he is, so are we in this world. He has our identity in him. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Every believer is that. Some may perform their duties better and some worse. We're ambassadors. Will you get help by coming to church? Yes. Will you get revelation and grow? You should. Yes. Yes. Will you see prosperity come if the preaching is is correct? Yes. Will you see health come? Yes. Will you see restoration in your heart and your mind and family? Yes. 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 But is that the ultimate goal? No. Christ said, you know, Paul said it. He said, for me to die is gain. In other words, it'd be better. But I'm an ambassador. 
And it's Christ to live. It's Christ to live. Romans 12, 1 and 2, and it says, I beg you, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a holy and living sacrifice. A holy and living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Which is our spiritual service. And the King James says, our reasonable service. Our reasonable service. In other words, it stands to reason that we should give ourselves all in to God. Because he gave all of himself to us, it stands to reason we should now take our lives that were spiritually dead and give them to him as a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice, but as ambassadors, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is the Holy Spirit talking. This is not just man's thoughts. This is the Holy Spirit talking. The Holy Spirit is saying, this is our responsibility. What are we doing? We are ambassadors. What is required of ambassadors? Biblically, it's the fruit of God. The fruit of God. What's required of us? Fruit. What are we doing here? We're ambassadors. What's required? Fruit. Say it with me. What's required? <laughs> what is the answer? What's required? Fruit. What? Fruit. What kind of fruit? Amen. What's required is the fruit, biblical fruit. Six major areas of that. The number one fruit, because without this you won't have any other fruit. The number one fruit is intimate fellowship with God. When you go into Revelation chapter 2, Jesus is talking to the church of Ephesus and he says... You're doing all these things. You're doing all this work. I, I don't want us to be in this place. Man, look at the church. Look at what God's doing. Everybody's doing a whole lot of work. But then he says, but I have something against you. You've left your first love. In other words, and I could take the time to do it. If you want to hear it, go and watch the Reset series. But the issue is, first love is intimate fellowship. And he says, you need to remember from where you've fallen. So if you've gotten out of intimate fellowship with God, you've gotten out of your first love, you have fallen. That's what the Bible says. You've fallen. And he says, you're not hopeless. You just need to change. And without intimate fellowship, church becomes a toil. Write that down. Without intimate fellowship, church becomes a a toil. And if you look at that in Revelation 2, it says, I know your, your work, your deeds. It says, I know your toil. I've seen your toil. Toil is a bad word. Four letters, you know. That's a joke. Because under that logic, work would be a bad word too. Which some people think it is. But toil was a result of the curse, remember? It was easy and light, and then all of a sudden, once the curse came, he said, you're going to toil. You're going to work by the sweat of your brow. You're going to toil. Toil was a work of the curse. We can work hard, but not toil. Toil has to do with the burden. 
It becomes a burden to us. Toil is not where we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live where? In easy and light. See, that's the issue with coming to Jesus and working in easy and light, is when we come to Jesus and work in easy and light, the toil goes away. I, I, w- I would say over the last few years, we've had more bad stuff happen and go on in the last few years than we've had in ministry, but it's like it wasn't even there almost. It's like no toil to it, no burden to it. Why? Because we've learned how to step out of toil and stay in that intimate fellowship with God. The number one fruit that you need is an intimate fellowship with God because in Him we live life to the full till it overflows and move and have our being. In Him the provision that we need flows. In Him the provision flows. Outside of Him it's toil. In him, it's easy and light. Outside of him, it's toil. If church ever becomes a burden to you, check your fellowship. Check your fellowship with God, with other people. You ever ever gone to church before? Don't raise your hand and don't look at whoever it is, maybe. Um, But uh, you ever gone to church before and the people become a toil? Like, oh my gosh, let me stay on this side of the foyer. I'll take it by the small amount of nostril laughs <laughs> that I was right. <laughs> it's You see what I'm saying? You ever gone to church and it's a toil? You ever gone to church and, and the volunteering that you're doing is a toil? Oh, man. I got to handle those kids again. They're your kids. We got great kids. What was I saying about toil? (laughs) My daughter goes, thank you. If church is, if the work of God is ever a toil to you, then you have to check your fellowship. You have to check your fellowship. If your fellowship's off, it'll become a toil. The first fruit that we have to have What's required of us is the biblical fruit of God. And the biblical fruit of God is, the biblical fruit of God, first one, intimate fellowship. In order to be a proper ambassador, people and church can't be a toil to you. If if people and church is a toil to you, you're going to be a horrible ambassador. Come to my church where I really am burdened down and I hate it. It's not going to work. Not going to work. I'm not saying your flesh, you know, where Joni at? Joni gave me a cup. She, she gave me a cup for Christmas. <laughs> it said, a boomerang church. My, ha- my flesh hates it there. So we've been talking about that. She got a coffee cup printed up. I like it. I really like it. I already had people online saying, hey, can I order one of these? <laughs> so anyway, amen. The flesh and the spirit are always at war with each other, right? So... Your flesh should be uncomfortable at a good church because if they're flowing in the spirit, your flesh is not going to like that, right? Not saying that we don't, you know, buy padded chairs and turn on the AC just for, you know, to irritate the flesh. That's not what we're trying to do. But when you start moving in spiritual things, your flesh is going to be uncomfortable and not going to like it. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that we need to get to the place where we recognize if I'm going to go serve, 
God in a privilege and an opportunity to serve the king of the universe and I'm having trouble with that, there's probably something wrong with my fellowship. Probably something's not working right because this has become a toil. How many of us have ever been working for the things of God and it's become a toil to us? And put up, if you would, 1 Corinthians 13.3. It says this, 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, Even if I give all my possessions to the poor, doesn't that sound good? And then the second part says, or even if I give my body to be burned. In other words, I'm burning myself out for God. I'm burning myself out for God. Many people I know and I've watched in ministry and I've done it too. It's like I'm just doing this thing, but it's like my heart's not really attached. I'm just giving. What I'm, what I'm doing is I'm sacrificing wrongly, right? I'm not in obedience of operating through intimate fellowship. I'm just giving without fellowship, and it's a supply that I don't have enough of by myself. I have to have a supply that pulls through Christ. I have to have a supply that pulls through in the intimacy of God. If I'm not in intimate fellowship, I'm going to be trying to pay a strength that I don't have on my own without him, and it only comes through intimate fellowship with him. Many times when I've messed up as a pastor, said the wrong thing, done the wrong thing, all of that, you know, what, you know what's been the culprit? I hadn't been spending time with God like I should. Almost every time. Matter of fact, I'll put it this way. I don't remember a time that I've done something wrong that I was spending the right amount of time and quality time with God. It's always been an issue in my fellowship. The number one fruit that we should have, what's required of us, is intimate fellowship with God. Remember, Jesus was the doorway. The doorway to what? Fellowship with the Father. He's the doorway. He's the doorway. To what? To connect with God. So why is it that we walk through life and we stop connecting with God when we have access to Him all the time? There's got to be this fellowship. You know, we have a corporate fellowship here you know, every Sunday morning. We have a corporate fellowship. That's a part of fellowship with God. You need that. But you don't just need this. If this is all you're getting, you're missing out. It's an intimate fellowship with God that really should be 24-7. Even while you sleep, your spirit man is connected with God and receiving from Him and giving to Him. You know, a lot of times as I'm going to sleep, I'll just, I'll just say, Lord, you know, I ask you to bless my sleep, and I just love you. I kind of go to sleep you know, with love of God on my heart, intimate fellowship with him on my heart. It's one of the greatest things that you can do. And many times, like remember last week's message, I said the Lord spoke to me last night, and when the Lord spoke to me, he said, I'm holding my people responsible for carrying power. If you didn't hear that message, go hear that message. I'm holding my people responsible for carrying power, right? You know when that came to me? While I was sleeping. I was in between, you know how you kind of half wake up and then go back to sleep? As I half woke up, that was in my spirit because the Lord was giving to me even in, my, even in my sleep. He was giving me, I knew who was speaking. I woke up, I knew who had just spoken. That was the message that he wanted me to have. He'll give to you even in your sleep. God wants intimate. Did you know God longs for intimate fellowship? with you? Why else would he give Jesus if he didn't want intimate fellowship with you? 
He longed for that. It's amazing to me to think of the God of the universe who created everything is sitting there going, can I have some time with you? And we're like, and many times we're like, Lord, I'll give you some time when I feel like, like how backwards is that? You know, if you had the most powerful man on, on the earth and they said, hey, can I have a few minutes of your time? You'd like drop everything. If you had to, you'd quit your job to meet with that person. But yet we have not just the most powerful man on earth, God. We have God, the most powerful being that will ever be, that created in the universe, the most powerful being, and he wants time with us, and we'll sit there and, and, and be, act like we're too busy. How is, like, and, and I'm talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about me. How is it that we have that so flipped on, on its head? How, how can that be? And ultimately, it's corruption and pride and a, a lack of understanding. It's a lot of different things. But uh, wow, can you see, like, as I say it like that, it's like, oh, yeah, what? God, that's horrible, you know? But yet, we've all done that in some way, in some form or fashion. It, it's just amazing that we do that. What's required of us? All right, what are we? Why are we here? What's required of us? What's the number one fruit? Intimate fellowship with God. The, we have to have intimate fellowship. The next fruit is why we're here. But that fruit stems out of intimate fellowship. The next fruit is winning souls. Winning souls. We've got to win souls. I love it. We didn't even have any missions trips you know, last year, and we still had over 700 commitments to Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, the average church wins less than two a year. We had over 700. And you know, that didn't, most of those didn't happen at the altar. Those happened by you, individuals who have taken up winning souls as a priority. But here's a question that I ask myself on a regular basis. When's the last time I, I won somebody to the Lord? I ask it all the time. When's the last time I won somebody to the Lord? Well, I mean, I'm not talking Sunday morning. Sunday morning, that's, that's whoever you might bring in. I'm talking about Brian personally, out on the streets, in the store, on the road. When's the last time I won somebody? For me, it was a couple of weeks ago. You know? But I want to have that on a regular basis, like almost every week or every day. I want to keep it so fresh. But with the holidays, it, it might have been different, but I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it should be fresh. So a question, in order to make sure that I stay in biblical fruit, when's the last time I personally led somebody to Christ? Because if I'm not in expectation to produce fruit of winning souls, then I definitely won't be looking for it. So think about this. If you're a farmer but you have no expectation of fruit on the vines, you won't walk out into the field. You'll never even think about it. But see, I've got to have fruit on my mind. And remember what we talked about last week in John 15. He says, look, if you have no fruit, it'll be pruned. You will be pruned. The branch will be pruned. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to get very fruit-minded. Our relationship is not based off of fruit alone, but it is required of us. We should see it as a requirement because God said that you should have fruit. 
As soon as he said that, that should be over. We should have biblical fruit. And biblical fruit, you know, are you doing good by being here this morning? Yes. Yes, you are. But you know people can go to church for 50 years and never have the biblical fruit that we're talking about? They can go to church but not have the biblical fruit. Winning souls, making disciples, power of God, revelation, fruit of the Spirit, and the most important fruit, intimate fellowship with God. They can go through and all of their fellowship is in a corporate body, but they never know Him personally. And they never interact with Him personally. And that's a tragedy. It's a complete tragedy. We don't want to be those people. We want to be the people that have the fruit that the Bible calls for us to have. Intimate fellowship with God. Winning souls. Making disciples. You know, I gave you the idea the other day of making disciples. Somebody's going around in life, you take them by the hand. Well, I got, if I'm going to make disciples, I got to know where to go. <laughs> like, if, I, if I'm making disciples, well, I'm like, where is Jesus? Oh my, where, where did he go? Right? That's not good discipleship. Where, where is Jesus? Oh, gone. he was here a minute ago. I have people, I, this, this happens all the time. I feel called to be in the ministry. I, I, I just, I have a ministry and, and I know that God's going to use me. Two hours later, two hours later, and, and who's it been? All of us. I was this person I'm about to tell you about. Two hours later, I wonder if I'm going to go to the club. I wonder, I wonder if I'm going to, man, I could minister to my friends while smoking that joint. And then everybody gets quiet because they're like, oh, no, that certainly isn't the case. Yeah, you have a ministry, but you don't get into that ministry without having fruit. And the whole point of the ministry is to make disciples. That means people that are disciplined after Christ... Disciplined after him. Disciplined after him. Not disciplined after the world. Disciplined after him. That means I've got to start putting my flesh down. Or I'm not going to be an ambassador. I'm not going to be a good disciple maker. I'm not going to win souls properly. And my fellowship with God is going to suffer because I'm in condemnation for the things that I'm not disciplining myself about. I have to do it. What is the fruit? I made a plane out of my notes while I was preaching. What what is what is the what is the fruit that I need? See, if I'm going to be a disciple maker, it, am I supposed to help disciple people into fear? Am I supposed to disciple people into a lack of power? Am I supposed to disciple people into no fellowship with God? Am I supposed to disciple people into uh, entangling themselves in worldly things? But see, if I'm not, if that's not who I am, I can't disciple it. So the whole point of this age is to be an ambassador to win souls and make disciples. But if I'm not carrying that, 
then I can't impart it. If I'm not, if I'm, if I haven't allowed God to work on me, to mold me, to be His workmanship, mold me, shape me, discipline the worldliness off of me and the worldly thinking, if I haven't let God do that, then who I am is not going to make disciples of God, it's going to make disciples of the world. And now I have ditched the number one reason why we're here. The number one reason. So in order to produce in the new year and keep an increase, we have to, we have to get real. We can't, we, can't just, we can't just sit back and be like, well, I go to church and I go to Boomerang and they're crazy and stuff just happens. Well, where you go is very important, of course, but it's not all up to us. Our job is to feed you the information. Your job is to take it and do something with it. To make change. You have to have biblical fruit. And the way to test yourself is see, am I carrying fruit? When's the last time I won somebody to the Lord? When's the last time that God has put me in, in somebody's life and I am disciplining them after faith, after the power of God, after a discipline of Christ? Am I, and I'm not talking about a hard like military type discipline where there's no fellowship. You know, I could go in the Marines and I had no fellowship that I was pleased with with my drill instructors in boot camp. I can promise you that. Even after I was done, the one that was hard, I went to him and I was like, hey, so I'm a Marine now. He was like, okay, great. No fellowship. It was one of the most biggest rejections I had ever had in my life. Hey, you were so hard on me. I made it through all of, all, all of your hardness. And now I'm here and look at me. I got the EGA. I got the Eagle Globe and Anchor. And now I'm a Marine. He's like, so what? I was like, that's not what I wanted to hear. I thought I'd made you proud. He's like, you're a boot. And we didn't have a conversation. This is what I got out of his, huh, that he gave to me. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for all your help. I appreciate it. Thank you for helping make me be a Marine. And that was it. He turned away. <laughs> Welcome to the family. <laughs> Yay. So I'm not talking about a military discipline shit, discipline uh, where there's no family. I'm talking about I'm talking about somewhere where we grow together. Where we go through life, we grow up together, we grow into the fullness of the statue, stature of God. When you mess up, there's forgiveness and mercy, but there's not like, yeah, just keep on messing up, it's fine. That's not discipline. No, it's a, it's a family that grows together. There has to be a fruit. There has to be a discipline. But I don't do any good trying to make disciples when I myself have not discipled myself. So that's something that got on to me several years ago. It's like, I, I see Mark 16, those that believe lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues. If they, if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And I saw this, I saw go and make disciples. And one of the things that really convicted me was, you know, I believed that I was a disciple maker and I would teach people to win souls. And, the, and God spoke to me and said, how can you teach people to do something you aren't? Like I always won souls more than anybody I ever knew. But if I, could, if I could say I was a soul winner with souls on my heart all the time, that was not true. That was not true. Get around some people from the river. Get around some people around Dr. Rodney. You'll find out how, how much you are not a soul winner. 
which is not, it's not cutting you down. I had to decide, am I going to stick around them so that I could get soul winning inside of me because I know I need it by my spirit? And, and even though I might not feel good about it right now in my flesh, am I going to receive the discipline that I need to have and become a soul winner? Or am I going to be like, nah, they're just, they're just so crazy about that. I make disciples because I'm a pastor in North Carolina. Or am I going to receive the discipline to produce fruit? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who wins souls is wise. I'm calling you to be an ambassador as though we were making, we were begging on behalf of God. Be reconciled to God. These are plain verses, but you have many pastors that are like, I'm not a soul winner, I don't have to be, I raise up soul winners. You can't impart what you aren't. And if you're trying to make disciples, who in here is a believer with a call to make disciples? But to make disciples mean you have to be disciplined after God, and if you aren't disciplined in the fruit that the Bible says should be your fruit, how good of a disciple can we make? Welcome to the new year. Doesn't this message make you feel good? I know it's challenging. Bear with me. We're going somewhere. We'll preach on the increase before it's over and everybody be shouting and yelling and praising God. Here's the thing, though. You don't get to the increase without handling this. You don't get to it. You might have a, a, bolt, a, a burst of it, a jolt of it for a moment, but it's not sustainable if you're not disciplined. I don't want you just to have fruit. I don't want last year just to be a year of increase. I want it to be a sustained year of increase. A sustained year of increase. One where increase starts and it never stops. But you know what? You can't hold that without discipline. Because God starts blessing you and lack of discipline will cause character to fail. And as soon as character fails, you get holes in your bucket. You can't sustain blessing without discipline of God. We've must, and in order to have discipline of God, we've got to have fruit. How many people would like the blessing of heaven to be in your life, your finances, everything, and you want it to never go away and to never stop flowing? I do too. I want that for us. But the Bible makes it very clear that you can have it, but not walk in it. Just in 2 Corinthians 9, it says... You can increase the harvest of your righteousness, which means every righteous person has a harvest, but they can increase it or decrease it based off of how disciplined they are in the things that they do and the knowledge that they have. I want you to have it, hold it, sustain it, grow in it, and never stop increasing. Jesus kept, Luke 2.52, Jesus kept increasing. He kept Increasing. Get that in you. He kept increasing. We had 700 commitments to Christ without any foreign missions trips, without any other big, big outreaches in this area. 700 commitments to Christ. But that should be the lowest we've ever been before. And as where we're going, we'll never be that low again. We keep increasing. We're believing God for more. That'll be the lowest. Where you are right now is the lowest you will ever be. 
Because you're in his kingdom and you're going to go after him. You're going to discipline yourself as a disciple of Christ and you're going to have that increase. But you don't get it and hold it and sustain it and keep increasing without discipline. The word says you're, the gift, your gift will make room for you. It'll put you in front of great men, kings, great men. The thing is, many times you'll see a gift make room for people, but character will kick them out of the room. Bad character. Even though the door was open. Sometimes those doors don't open again. I want you to get into the room and stay. Grow in influence. Grow in your fruitfulness. Every single one of you. Now the issue is the devil comes along in moments like this and he tries to tell you how bad you've been. Forget about that. You're sitting here right now. I understand that. If, if, if you need to repent, then repent. I was reminded this week of a time where I was telling the story. I hadn't told it in a while. But I had a time in my life where it was the worst time of my life. I mean the worst time of my life. The worst time of my life. And the reason was I had one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. And I constantly was pulled back and forth and back and forth. And, and it's like I'd go six months on fire for God and then I'd go six months on fire for the world. And it was like the most miserable time of my life. Most miserable time of my life. And the Lord came and I felt horrible for it. And I was talking to the Lord one day. I said, Lord, I said... Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep falling down this pit? Like, I don't want to. And I could relate to Paul in, in Romans 7 where he's like, oh, oh, wretched man that I am, the thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I do want to do, or the thing I don't want to do, I do. Right? And I could relate to that. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been there, but I could relate to it. I was like, God, the thing I, the thing I know I should do, I'm not doing, and the thing I, I know I shouldn't do, I've done, and sometimes I get it right, but sometimes I get it wrong, and I just feel like, bleh, junk. I just feel like junk, because I know there's more for me. I know there's more. And I'd been working, at that point, I'd been working on dealing with fear and getting all of fear out of my life. And I'd actually dealt with everything I knew to deal with concerning fear. And the Lord, the Lord looked at me, or the Lord spoke to me right in that moment because I'm asking them for help. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel, I feel bad even talking to you right now. Like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. But I know I need supernatural help. I know I need supernatural help. Because I've been trying to do it my way and it ain't working. I need your help. Can anybody relate, you know? I need your help. This, what I've been doing has not been working. I need your help. But I don't even want to talk to you right now, which I know is wrong too. Ah! I know I shouldn't feel bad to talk to you, but I do. I do. I need your help. And the Lord said, the Lord said, your problem is you're in fear, you're scared. Now, I had dealt with every fear that I knew of. So my response to the Lord was, scared of what? Like, I'm not being funny, like, but I've dealt with every fear that I know of. 
He said, you're scared of the responsibility of ministry. And I realized that one thing my dad had always said was, if, if you're in the pulpit, you got to be perfect. And so that had become a part of my thinking, part of my belief system. And I knew I wasn't perfect. I knew I wasn't perfect. I knew I didn't have everything fixed yet. And, and, and I realized, as soon as he said that, you're, you're scared of the responsibility of ministry. I was scared to get into ministry. I was scared, watch this, I was scared to make disciples. I was scared to go after God because I knew I wasn't perfect. But the issue was my eyes were on me and my ability instead of Christ and his ability. And my fear was actually holding me out of where I was supposed to be. Now I want you to hear this because this part broke me in a very good way. It broke me in a, in a loving way, his mercy. I mean, it just destroyed this fear in a moment. And, and the first thing he said to me was this. He said, if you, had to be, if you had to be perfect to be in the pulpit, he said, who would preach? Well, I've never thought about that before. <laughs> uh, nobody. And I went, he went, right. Because there ain't one preacher in the pulpit on the earth that's perfect. And I went, oh my gosh. I believed a world of lies. Oh, dang it. Like, I, I believe these lies, and these lies have now caused fear to be in me, and that fear has actually, every time I would get up to, I was afraid I would destroy people's lives if I received God's call. Wait a minute. Who's doing the calling? He is. Don't he know what I can do and what I can't do? Wouldn't he be the one that was off if he called me? When I wasn't ready, and I realized I had let these thoughts come in and keep me back from being who God had called me to be. I was fearful of it. And of course, when the Lord said that, like he nailed it. But then he said this. He said, he said, here's the, he said, watch this, basically. He said, all the stuff that you've done wrong back and forth and up and down over all these years. He said, I knew you were going to do all of that. I've known since before you were born that you were going to do all of that. All of it. Every bit of it. He said, and I still called you. Even knowing you would do that, I still called you. I went, Oh, Lord, I thought I knew your mercy. I thought I knew your love. But I realized this moment, I'm just beginning to know you. You're so good. You're so pure. You're so perfect. And you could take me without you, who was a complete mess, and you can use it. And I'm telling you, God's not a respecter person. He can take you, whose life without Christ was a complete mess, and he can use you. He can turn you into an ambassador. Even with all of our mess-ups and our faults, 
But I can't keep running from him, the one who can actually help me. I can't keep running from the calling just because of that. I, and see, every one of us in here, you might not be a five-fold minister. You might not be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But you are called to be an ambassador. You are called to be a disciple maker. And so in that calling is everything that you need. In that calling is everything that you need. You know, the, these, these two, two points, uh, these questions, I'll, I'll seek to answer the rest of them next week. But the issue is, what are we called to do? Why are we here? To be an ambassador. And what's required of us? Fruit. What kind of fruit? What's the number one fruit? Intimate fellowship with God. Two, win souls. Three, make disciples. Four is supernatural power, healing, miracles. It didn't say those apostles would lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. It said believers. That's every believer is called to walk in the power of God. Every believer is called to be disciplined. Every believer is called to walk in healing, to walk in miracles. Every believer, you, you hold up your hands and you can look at them and you can prophesy from the word, these are anointed hands. Because as he is, so am I in this world. I, I am the hands and the feet. I am the body of Christ in this earth. I am his ambassador. You can say all of that from the, wor from the word. This is not something that you're making up. No, that's what the Word says about every believer. These are anointed hands, and you are carrying an anointing. The fifth fruit is supernatural revelation. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, revelation. How can you teach somebody and help somebody be a disciple if you don't even understand the Word? Supernatural revelation. And see, I want you to notice something about all this fruit. Is If God said, I'm requiring this fruit of you, then he must provide to get that fruit through you. In other words, he can't tell me I, ha I have to have supernatural power and revelation but then not give it to me. So I can look back at God and say, then I believe that you are given this supernatural power today. I believe you are opening up the word by the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. I believe that you will help me discipline myself so I can make disciples. I believe that you will put the right people in front of me so that I can win souls. I believe that you've opened up the door that is Jesus so I can fellowship with you. I believe it. In other words, he can't require this stuff of you and not give you provision to make it happen. He can't do that. He has to give you provision to make the fruit come to pass. So then, what's on us? Do we make the miracles happen? No. Do we make the revelation come? No. Do we make the disciples on our own power? No. Do we win souls on our own power? No. Do we have the means to make intimate fellowship happen by ourselves? No. He provides all of that through Christ. The last fruit, the sixth, is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 Love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. That's that one. Self-control. You see, all of these fruit of the Spirit, this is something we should be walking in all the time. Love. We should be walking in love all the time. Not just when we feel like it. That's a fruit of the Spirit. That's allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Joy. That should be flowing through us all the time. All the time. I, when I see people having a hard time getting into joy, I know that they are blocking the Holy Spirit's flow. And the devil is deceiving them into thinking they can't receive it. It is a fruit or a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So in order for it to not be there, we have to say, no, Holy Ghost. Because if we, if we just allow him to flow, he'll be there because that's who he is. And the devil deceives us out of these things. Well, you just don't feel like love. Can you believe what that person did to you? That has nothing to do with it. That's all thoughts. That's all feelings. It's, it's workings of the soul, but it's not workings of the spirit. Love, joy, peace. Peace. One of the greatest compliments I was telling somebody the other day that I ever received was the time when Buddy came over to the house and he says, I just love it here. It's just so peaceful. And I was like... That's a great, that's a great testimony. Praise the Lord. And I, and I just love that. It was a great, great thing to hear. We want to carry this fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Well, I just, can't, I just can't stop doing this. I just can't stop saying this. Yes, you can. If you allow the Holy Ghost to be the Holy Ghost in your life, that, the Holy Ghost is self-control. He is discipline. Yes, you can. He's granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. In other words, I can be godly all the time. He's already given me the empowerment to do it. I just have to yield to God. I've got to stop doing it the world's way, and I've got to do it God's way. I've got to let him be God in me. The devil has deceived people into thinking they can't stop doing things. That's not true. That's a lie. They can. We can. We can. We can stop doing that stuff. Now, a lot of times it's our own discipline where we won't stop thinking about it. We won't stop meditating on it. And then our thoughts are sinking us because we won't stop thinking about the negative. We won't stop thinking about the worldly habit. This is where we have to become disciplined. We have to be disciplined after God. God wants us not only to come off of a year of increase, to move into more increase but to hold it, sustain it, not only sustain it, but let it flow into other people. You are called to be his ambassadors. Think about an ambassador sent to another country. Think about an ambassador sent to another country, and that country didn't pay their way. Like, can you imagine an ambassador sent to a country, another country and they, said, they were like, okay, you're going to go and represent us on your way there. Stop by Goodwill, pick up a 20-year-old suit out of your own pocket, and, uh, you know, go over there and represent us well. Awesome. Good job. Right? How's he going to represent his country? Not very well. No. God will help you. He'll provide for you. He'll do what he needs to do. The issue is, do we receive it? 
Do we know who we're called to be? Do we operate in that way? God wants to increase you, keep increasing you, and he wants you to be able to sustain it. He doesn't want you to, to have low times and high times and low times and high times. That's not what he wants for you. That's not what he wants for you. He wants you to always be increasing. Always. Jesus kept increasing. Paul kept increasing. He wants you to increase, to have an abundance for every good work. God is calling you into an abundance. He's calling you into an increase. But you don't step into that increase without dealing with some things of the flesh, putting them in their place, resisting the devil, submitting the flesh. But you also don't get there by not knowing about these things of God. What? But see, a lot of times people hear increase and all they do is they just try to get into that increase, but they have no purpose other than themselves. You can't sustain increase if you are the sole purpose of it. But when you're an ambassador, you recognize that increase is flowing through me to others. That I have a responsibility for that increase. That I have it. I'm telling you, I, thank you, Father. Right now, I just call out. Anybody who's dealing with condemnation on who you, who you have been and where you have been, come to the altar right now. I, all right, Lord, I've not, I've not been who you've called me to be, and I know it, and the devil has beaten me up for it. Come right now if you want help for it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now, we thank you for it. We praise you. Lord, in Jesus' name, the Lord said... In, in his word, whoever sins you remit, they will be remitted. In the name of Jesus, as his ambassador this morning, I'm telling you, your sins are forgiven. Your lack, your lack of discipline, it is forgiven. In the name of Jesus. Your sins are forgiven and gone. He loves you. He's got great plans for you. Thank you, Father. Your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Thank you. We break that condemnation. Thank you, Father. We break that condemnation. Just say it right now. Say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. Lord, I receive your forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I have it now. I'm not waiting on it. Lord, I receive your help. If you are feeling like I don't know that I can do this or I don't know that I want to do this, that is a lie from the devil. Resist it now. Come up here and get prayer. And you're not the only one. I can't tell you how many times I've felt that. That is a deception and a lie from the devil. If you need God's help, then get God's help. He's wanting to help you right now. Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your help right now. Do you receive it? Just say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive it now. I'm not waiting on it. And I reject this lie that I'm not good enough. I take my eyes off of me and I put them on you. I take my eyes off of the wind and the waves and the things that have held me back. And Lord, I put them on you. And in Jesus' name, today, I'm moving to increase, and I will never shy away from it. In Jesus' name. 
Now when I lay hands on you, you receive it as done in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father, for it broken in Jesus' name. Lord, I receive. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive. In Jesus' name. Lord, I receive. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, I receive your forgiveness and your help. In Jesus' name. Lord, I receive. In Jesus' name. Your forgiveness and your help. In Jesus' name. Today is a new day. Lord, I receive. Your help and your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, I receive your help and forgiveness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, everybody who's up here and even somebody that might be watching online or even still sitting in your seat, receive that right now. And as you go away today, never take it back on again. It's done in the name of Jesus. Do you agree with me? Shout it with me. It's done in Jesus' name. It's done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I receive your help. I receive your help, your forgiveness. No more condemnation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So say, Lord, I receive your help, your love, your forgiveness. I forgive myself. See, the problem is, when I hit that moment in my life, here's what I realized. That even though I was judging myself, I was judging myself wrongly because I was judging myself with a condemnation instead of judging myself with repentance to forgiveness. And because as long as I held on to that condemnation, I would never go grow past that moment. I would never grow past that moment. I would never grow past that moment. I would never grow past it. But Lord, we receive it. In Jesus' name. That he can say, Lord, I receive your complete forgiveness. And I forgive myself. And I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Oh, thank you. But I need to also lift your hands and receive from him today. Lord, I receive. I'm not up here just to lay it out there and not receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. By faith, I receive. By faith, I receive. Not based on me. Not based on what I did. Based on what you did. It's what you did. In Jesus' name. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive Lord I receive in Jesus name thank you Father Lord I receive in Jesus name I want you to understand something I want you to understand something it's not about you 
who you've been and what you've done. As soon as you turn it over to the Lord, it's about what Christ did. And in that moment, He empowers you to walk out of a storm. He empowers you to walk out of your old problems. He empowers you to walk out of it. And so you got to stop looking at who you've been and putting the priority on who you've been. And you got to look at who He is now and forevermore. Who He is. What He's done for you. What He's doing for you. Lord, I receive who you are in my life. If you go back into the place where it says we are His ambassadors, the whole point of that is showing you in the verse right before it, it, the whole point is to show you that He is not holding the transgressions of the world against them. How can you make disciples and be His ambassador if you don't understand the major point you're trying to tell people the good news about? And the point of the good news is that He's not holding that against you anymore, but you can't hold on to it either. You can't hold on to it in condemnation, and you can't hold on to it in action. You've got to discipline yourself that by His power, I put it down and by his power I'm not condemned anymore I'm not condemned anymore I am in Christ a new creation a completely new creature I am that in him I am not that old person I'm going to stop acting like see the devil will come back on you and tell you how bad you are and what he's doing is he's giving you a false identity because Christ has already said you are a new creation in me That's the truth. The old you is a false identity. And so many times we'll go back to doing the things that we used to do because we've identified with a false identity instead of receiving fully the new one. And we've got to stop operating on the old identity. Even if the old identity was yesterday or this morning. And you've got to say, that's not who I am anymore. That's not who I am anymore. That's not who I am anymore. Your head may be going, yeah, but that's what you thought yesterday. Yeah, but that's not who I am in Christ. I'm not confessing what my fleshly brain thought. I'm confessing who I am by the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. That's my confession. That's who I am. So I want you to just close your eyes for a second. Lift your hands. Lift in holy hands. That's who you are. Lift in holy hands. Lord, this year, say it with me. Lord, this year, we receive your increase. We receive an ongoing increase. It didn't stop at the turn of the year. But Lord, I receive increase and continued increase. In every area of life. And I give you myself. As a disciple. As an ambassador. I will do. What you ask me to do. You're my Lord. And I believe. By faith. That when he raised you from the dead. You broke the power. That could hold me back. And by faith. I receive the solution. By faith, I receive the solution. By faith, I receive it now. I'm not hoping on it in the future. By faith, I know. I have it now. 
I take it. It's mine. I have it now. I take it. It's mine. Oh, yeah, just receive it now. That's the real you. That's your identity. You don't take it by feelings. You take it by faith. You don't take it by feelings. If we were left to take it by feelings, none of us would ever receive. No, we take it by faith. We take it by faith. We take it by faith. Lord, that's what you said, so I believe it, and I make it a part of me right now. Thank you, Father. I take it by faith. I don't take it by feelings. Feelings would tell you you're an old, wretched sinner many times. But you don't take it by feelings. You take it by faith. Here's what your word says. I know I don't feel like that at times. I know I still hear sometimes those corrupted thoughts of the flesh man. But that's not who I am. That's who I used to be. But that's not who I am. By faith, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. God's not holding those sins against me, those transgressions. Why? Because I put them in his hands. I cast my cares on him. Lord, I receive today. Say that with me. Lord, I receive today. You can't keep increasing and be the ambassador that you're called to be holding on to condemnation and a false identity. You can't keep increasing and be the ambassador you're called to be by holding on to condemnation and a false identity. The devil keeps trying to tell people who they used to be, who they were thinking about, the thoughts they had this morning, the thoughts they had yesterday. He tells people, well, that's just who you are. You want to do this. You want to do that. Now, that's what my flesh wants to do. But the, my flesh is not the real me. The real me is the born-again spirit man. So I reject those thoughts. I reject those thoughts. That's not who I am. And I ask for your forgiveness right now, Lord. And, and by faith, I receive your forgiveness. And I will not walk that way again. And even though my flesh and its thoughts is telling me who I've been and sinful and all of that stuff, even though my flesh is telling me that, I don't receive that. I receive, I am a new creation in Christ. That is trying to lie to me so that I'll fall back into the habits of it. Not going to do it. I'm resisting the enemy. That's not who I am. 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 I'm a new creation in Christ. He's made me the righteousness of God in Christ. Put that up, please. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Put up verse 17 first. 2 Corinthians 5.17 first. In Christ, what does the Bible say that you are when you've received Him? A completely new creation. Not, not just a transformed one. Completely new. He is a new creature. Not the same. That's that spirit man. Your spirit man is a completely new creature. A completely new creation. This is the identity of God. A completely new creation for every believer. Then go to verse 21. In between there it says he's not holding our sins against us. He's not mad with us. But we've got to give ourselves to what he said about us instead of what we feel. Verse 21 says this. He made him, Jesus, Jesus who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf. 
so that we, when that happened, we might become the righteousness of God in Him, in Christ. That's who you are now. That's your new identity. So when the devil, I just sense it so big. You could tell the Holy Spirit told me to call out condemnation and people that felt like they, they couldn't receive help. And that's been me. I can't tell you how many times that's been me. And I want you to see this. This is a big point. God has not called you that old sinner from the moment that you receive Christ. And the devil constantly tries to re-identify Christians into being an old sinner. What was dirty, filthy rags was our own self-righteousness. And when we constantly, when we actually feel good about ourselves as Christians because we cleaned it up, that's self-righteousness. So most of the time when people coming in, come into church and they feel like all big stuff, they're actually operating in self-righteousness instead of faith in the righteousness of God. And they don't realize it, but they're actually being hip- hypocrites. I don't feel good because of my own works. I feel good because Christ handled it for me. That's just it. And I don't identify, I don't identify with the old man. When sin tries to come up and tempt me, The devil will try to come and say, you're just so bad. I can't believe you thought that. You're supposed to be a Christian. He said, and and then my flesh and my logic goes, I am bad. I'm just so bad. I don't even want to go after God right now. I I don't even want to go to church tomorrow. I don't even want this. I don't even want that. That's the devil trying to get you to identify with who you used to be. The proper response to that is, that's not who I am anymore. That's not who I am. Yeah, my flesh is that person. But I'm not my flesh. I'm the spirit man. Made in the image and likeness of God. God is a spirit and I am a spirit. That's not who I am. You're trying to get me to identify with the one before he met Christ. I'm a new creation, baby. I'm a new creature. I don't know who you're talking to. You're trying to get me to accept communication for somebody who's dead. And many times believers are deceived because they're listening to that instead of resisting that. And so they'll say, well, I'm just horrible. I'm just awful. I'm just so bad. And they can't receive from God because they keep thinking about the wind and the waves even if they're the ones that caused them. They're so concerned with the outside stuff instead of the new creation that God's already made. No, he's already called you the righteousness of God in Christ. Do you have some stuff to clean up? Probably. Almost everybody has some stuff to clean up. But who you are, your real identity, is in Christ already. You're a new creation. And the person that the devil's trying to make you feel bad about is dead. That's not who you are anymore if you've received Christ. So if you have some stuff to clean up, it's as simple as 1 John. Turn there, uh, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, 9, and 10. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10. If you've messed up, all you got to do is just reconnect with God. You just have to get that flow going again. But it's an operation of our faith that's followed by action, not an operation of action followed by faith. Most people try to get all their actions right And then they can believe by faith. That's the two parts of life in reverse. 
They're trying to give love to God before they receive love from God. No, you receive by faith and then His love empowers you to get your actions right. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, put it back up. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now if you'll watch this, in verse 8, it's talking about the future. In verse 9, it's talking about the present. And in verse 10, it's talking about the past. All right? That's the future right there. He's saying, he's saying right there, if we... Have, if we say that we have no, basically, potential to sin in our flesh, man, we're deceiving ourselves. So some Christians will get to the point where they get a little bit of revelation, and all of a sudden they'll say, well, I can't sin anymore because I'm, I'm giving over. I'm the righteousness of God of Christ. I can't sin anymore. He said you're deceiving yourself already. Inside of this flesh is a potential, and if you think that you can't sin anymore, you've already deceived yourself, and you're on the road to it right now. That's what he's saying. Verse 9 says this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. So if we find that, that, man, I had some bad thoughts, I did some wrong things, and I don't feel clean anymore, no, no problem. Jesus has made a way for that. All we have to do is say, hey, God's faithful. And God's right. When I was unfaithful, God was faithful. And He's still faithful to me today, even in the midst of this. And I say, Lord, I confess this. This is what I thought. This is what I wanted to do. This is what I did. But Lord, by faith, You are faithful. You are righteous. And on Your righteousness, Christ, I plead my case. And I receive, I ask you for forgiveness. I confess it. I'll never do it again. I'm changing my heart. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I ask you to forgive me. He is faithful and just to cleanse us. Go back to verse 9. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the most amazing thing. How somebody can be wrapped up in that. And the devil make them feel like you don't even want to hear this right now. Most amazing thing. And you got to recognize that. That is a ploy of the devil in your flesh, and you got to resist that. You got to resist it. How many people, when you're in sin, you feel like talking to God? You feel like you're worthy of even talking to God. You don't even want to hear the message. That's a deception. You have to recognize that. You have to resist it. I start feeling like that. I know it's a red flag for me. As soon as I start feeling like that, it's a red flag. I start dealing with it. Because I've learned if I don't, I can go six months in the dumps. And I don't like being in the dumps. I don't like feeling like that. I did that for way too long when I had one, one foot in both worlds. I don't want any of you to do that either. But I can't do it for you. You've got to recognize it and resist it. Man, there's some real stuff coming out today. It's helping you. Because God doesn't want you to have one year increase. He wants all your years to be filled with plenty. He wants all your... It, he delights in the prosperity of his servants. But the prosperity of his servants requires us to receive what he's done. Receive what he's done. He delights. He wants to to delight in you because you are so prosperous. He wants to delight in you because you are so prosperous and so much in the increase of God. But we've got to do what the Word says. We've got to believe what the Word says. Just bow your heads real quick. Has this helped you today? Have you seen some areas to put down and some areas to pick up? Has it helped you? Glory to to God.
Father, we thank you for the fullness. We thank you for your wholeness. And we thank you for your health. This is a continued year of increase. A continued year of increase. We thank you for it. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. It's our year of double. Amen. Who here is ready to double this year? Amen. Come on, who here is ready to double this year? Come on. This is going to be a good year. Okay. You didn't see what I saw, but we're just going to leave it at that. Guys, I just want to give you a couple quick announcements before we hop out of here. Um, Youth, tonight at 4 p.m., it's going to be awesome. Actually, the word that the Lord gave me comes right in line with what we were talking about this morning. So I'm excited about it. It's going to be awesome. So if you're in grade 6 to 12, uh, be here tonight. Um, Impact is... Uh, starts up Tuesday at 6 p.m. We're entering into our spring semester. Yeah, we are. You guys are, sound real excited about that. Um, also, something else to get excited about, um, if you want to participate in the corporate fast, that starts tomorrow. Um, well, it'll be... What, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, if you want to be a part of that... Um, we want to invite you. We're going to be doing a 21-day fast. Uh, you can do that however the Lord's leading you to do. There's different types of fasts. Actually, what I would encourage you guys to do, if you haven't listened to it yet, we have an entire series called Fasting 101 on Lunch Plus. And if you're like, I don't really know what fasting is or what it looks like or how to do it, I would encourage you to find that series. It's on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Brian Wright. There's an, I think it's a five-part series talking about what is fasting, how do I fast, you know, and answering questions. We have a Q&A on fasting. It's, it's a phenomenal series. So I would encourage you guys, if you are, want to join that fast, begin listening to that. If you are joining the fast, also listen to it so that you can understand the benefits. I'm planning on listening to it again because it will help you see the benefits. Uh, you know, just to say this as well, this week we're going to be having our broadcast every uh, weekday at 11.30. We have our Lunch Plus broadcast. It's going to be phenomenal. Tom- Pastor mentioned tomorrow that he's going to be prophesying and praying over the new year. And so you will not want to miss that. If you can't watch it live, make sure you watch it tomorrow evening because it's going to be a good one. Um, we also want to let you know Holy Ghost Weekend is coming up. Holy Spirit service is two weeks from now, but Holy Ghost Weekend is coming up in two weeks. I'm excited. So make sure you get that on your calendars because we're going to have Friday night prayer. We're going to have Soul Winning Saturday and a special Holy Spirit service on Sunday. Lead 22 is coming up. Uh, hashtag Lead 22. That'll be February 3rd through 9th. Kickstart with Brother Tracy. That's coming up. That's going to be such an awesome week. Make sure you're there for that. Seriously. Seriously, guys. Make sure you're there for that. That's going to be February 7th through the 11th. That's all the announcements I have for you guys. But get ready because this is going to... Are you ready to have the best year you've ever had in your life? Amen. Well, take that with you. Take this message with you as you go out. But guys, we love you and we thank you for being here. Be blessed.